Welcome, everybody, to episode four of the Hanukkah Erotica podcast. Hello. Hanukkah Erotica book club podcast. Right. Hi, Malia. Hello. I'm Razel. And I'm Malia. And, and that's Malia. Yep. And we are here. We're here reviewing Hanukkah and Jewish romance novels and the occasional movie. That's right. Speaking of which, you may know that last week... We was a big week. was big a big week for week, us. A big week for us. We were going to record an episode on Menorah in the Middle, one of two Hanukkah movies to have come out this year. And in the wonder of wonder, miracle of miracles, Jonah Platt, star popped of Menorah in the Middle, popped on, said he was only going to have five minutes, but like the oil, he lasted way longer. I like that. I like what you did there. <laughs> Thanks. He was very char- He liked us. Listen, we're fun. You know what we are. And speaking of fun, um, and him thinking that we're fun, my I have a, a chat to read to you, Mal. My friend Great. Rachel Hillman was a little mortified by something I said. She said, "Oh my God!" Quote: I know you're a little bit of a musical theater person. He was in Wicked. She couldn't believe that I called him a. A little, little bit, bit of a musical theater person. But she also said, this was really nice of him, LOL. Did he think you were so weird? And I was like, no, actually, I think he thought we were fun. So I asked him, did you think, I sent him the screenshot of that conversation. And he said, no, you were really you fun. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. I can't, you have an ongoing friendship with Jonah Platt now. It's really well, yeah, funny. I, I mean, yeah, a little bit. I think it's, you know, fizzling. But but um, I had to tell him that because what, uh, the other thing she said that I had to tell him was she said, I have to say, I love how much he loves being Jewish. I saw him at the GA and he's just such a good, educated Jew. Good job, Mark and Julie, for raising those boys. Good job, Mark and Julie, raising those boys, the Platt parent, the Mark and Julie Platt. So big, really big week. I loved talking to him. He was so nice and just like, I don't, like, I, I enjoyed him enjoying us. So, you know. Yes. He did take it very seriously, which I appreciated. Like, I didn't indicate in our conversations that we are kind of a comedy podcast because I've never actually labeled us as such. I appreciated right. how seriously he took it, but, you know, we're funny. We're fun. Listen, he's a serious actor and he wanted <laughs> to make that clear. And I accept that i think you know he was he was having a little fun with the pronunciation of rugala rugala he, he, <laughs> he was he was you know he was lighthearted about it speaking of his beautiful rendition of alhanisim malia it sounds like you spoke to him and he said we can share the song yes i have my own little burgeoning friendship with jonah platt i'll say i'm not <laughs> i'm not embarrassed to admit uh you know it was so nice that he referenced that new alhanisim that i thought and and um William, our sound slash producer, uh, suggested that maybe we could include that in a include a clip of that in an episode. But of course, that involves all kinds of copyright issues. So I wrote to him and asked him, and I said, "I'm a lawyer, so I understand that could be complicated." Just thought we'd ask. You know, it was a soft ask, and he said, "Sure, use the clip." Wow, I know. An extra appreciation for how this all worked out because you know gearing up for the next few months I kind of know what's on our book list I've been DMing some authors and saying you know we're gonna be doing your book on our podcast maybe you want to pop in kind of casual trying to recreate the magic that happened with Jonah Platt yeah and one author wrote back and she was like 
oh, that's so exciting, but for any inquiries like this, please reach out to my agent, and I'm gonna be like, okay, but I'm just saying, Jonah Platt was in Wicked. Like, he was the star of Menorah in the Middle. Like, he, he was in Jesus Christ Superstar Live. He has a whole career in his own right. He didn't ask us to jump through any hoops. And many Instagram followers, I'll add. Like, a lot he's, of he's many famous. thousands of Instagram followers. I'm sure way more than this author, who I won't name because I don't, you know, want to throw anyone under the bus. But I'm just saying, reach out to my agent. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's a little bit like, you know, we get it. You have an agent. <laughs> we get it. You're not Don't self-published. Don't brag about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Her loss, because I'm not reaching out to the agent. Too bad. Too bad. No Hanukkah erotica Too for her. No. No Hanukkah erotica. It's for okay. that For that author. We're, and it we're, is, we're it grassroots, is. and we, we embrace others who feel the same way. Exactly. But there will be some authors in the next in the coming months. I do I do think there will be. Great. So so what are we talking about tonight? I think tonight we're talking about our next Hanukkah. First of all, I think we should acknowledge Hanukkah is technically over. Yes. However, we're still in the holiday season and so we thought, you know, since we didn't get in a full eight nights of reviews this year, we should just try to get one one more in. And that one more is eight nights of flirting. Our first eight, YA selection. Yes, Eight Nights of Flirting by Hannah Reynolds. Uh, yeah, good point, Mal. We're just we we're extending we're extending the season because it's you know we're feeling festive. But we'll tell you at the end of the podcast of tonight's episode what we'll, what our plans are for for the rest of the the year until next Hanukkah. But okay, Eight Nights of Flirting by Hannah Reynolds. Mal, how, how do you feel about YA in general? Yeah, I was going to ask you the same thing. Do you read YA? Because I'll be honest, I haven't read a YA book since I was a YA, I'm pretty sure. Well, actually, I remember a very snarky moment when you were probably 22. There was a book club. Somebody recommended a book for a book club you were in. (gasps) Oh, my God. Yes, and it was in the (laughs) adult section. I was like, what? (laughs) And you were like, I think this is a children's book. I think she recommended a children's book. Yes. So I don't think you read it. I don't. I wonder what book that was. Um, no, I know exactly I, what book it was. It was the Book Thief. Oh, the Book that, Thief, which was a YA book that like adults were reading, and it was like a serious Holocaust novel for teenagers or whatever. Um, but I was disparaging about the fact that I I was had to find it in the young adult section. Um, and I I know everyone loved that. Whatever. I'm not gonna. I I'm not gonna. Get, I'm not gonna get into the Book Thief because that's not our topic. But my point is. That gives you a sense of my general feeling about YA, which is just like, you know, I have a prejudice against it that because I think I still think about it the way that I remember it when I was a teenager, like in the late 90s, which was like, um, I don't know, a lot of like cautionary tale, teenage pregnancy books, a lot of like teenager with cancer who's like mourning their life that's like never going to be lived like a lot of I don't know just like cheesy like you know PG-13 like heavy petting I don't know just I already have a a bit of a prejudice against it although I'll say I feel like this book totally proved me wrong they've gotten better way better They've gotten better. They have. So to answer your original question of do I read YA, I would say I didn't for a lot of years, but I really like the Jenny Han books. Um, 
so she wrote to all the boys I loved before, which was a Netflix movie, a trilogy on Netflix, and also The Summer I Turned Pretty, which is a series on Prime. Jenny Han's books are really on multiple streaming networks. Anyway, I this book reminds me almost of a Jewish combination of the two because The Summer I Turned Pretty is based in a place called Cousins Beach, which has that Nantucket Cape Cod vibe. Mm. And to all the boys I loved before has a whole fake boyfriend storyline. Um, and so I feel like it's this is kind of a combination of that. I I watched to all the boys I loved before before I read the books, but then I went back and read the books. I also really like the Angie Thomas books, The Hate You Give and On the Come Up. Those are also YA books. Those are so good. I really recommend them. Um, not Hanukkah erotica, but really fantastic books. So I guess I do like YA is the answer to that question. I do and think it's gotten me, like, a do you lot like better. It, and do you like it because you feel like it brings you back to your teenage self? Or do you like it because it helps explore like coming of age themes that are fun to think about? Or like, what is it? I think that it definitely brings me back. I have mm. I, I have real nostalgia for my boy crazy days where I juggled I juggled multiple crushes. And you sure. know, these char- and I, I and these characters do the same. Into all the boys I loved before, for example, she writes love letters to four crushes. In this book, The Eight Nights of Flirting, she had done this this character, Shira Barbanel. By the way, let's give the summary of the book in a sec. But Shira Barbanel in Eight yes. Nights of Flirting, she did this cringe grand gesture when she was, I don't know, 14, 13 or 14, where she wrote out in seashells to her crush, Tyler Date Me. We should put a pin in that, but I have done some extremely, <laughs> extremely cringe grand gestures in my day like, to the point where I go. would probably rather never even be able to use the technology of email than have to reread emails I've sent. So, <laughs> like, um, so I do think it brings me back. the The characters in these books are super boy crazy they have really big feelings i mm. had really and have really big feelings um mm. you know everything's it's like a you big and I deal both, everything's a big deal um and also i there's also a lot of close friendships i really like in all these books there's yes. really nice just like we talked yes. about in the other books like really nice female friendship there's i i enjoy the the, the big bustle the family the family you know there's there's big kids running around there's little kids running around like I just I really enjoy all of it um so yeah I think I think that it brings me back I think I'm nostalgic for that time and I think that's part of why I really like it but also these books are well written they're complex they're layered really well they're also they're very easy to read right so it's like I think it's a nice palate cleanser when sometimes you know it's like I read a lot of different kinds of books and I think I kind of weave in a YA here and there probably as a palate cleanser let me read the summary of the book and then, and then let's go into the book a little bit more. Okay. Great. A 16-year-old girl is on a mission to find the perfect boyfriend this Hanukkah, but love might not go according to plan in this charming winter rom-com from the author of The Summer of Lost Letters. Shira Barbanel has a plan. This Hanukkah, she's going to get a boyfriend. And she has the perfect candidate in mind, her great uncle's assistant, Isaac. He's reliable, brilliant, and of course, super hot. The only problem, Sheer is an absolute disaster when it comes to flirting. Enter Tyler Nelson, Sheer's nemesis slash former crush. As much as she hates to admit it, 
Tyler is the most charming and popular guy she knows, which means he's the perfect person to teach her how to win Isaac over. When Shira and Tyler get snowed in together at Golden Doors, they strike a deal. Flirting lessons for Shira in exchange for, a, for career connections for Tyler. But as Shira starts to see the sweet, funny boy beneath Tyler's playboy exterior, she realizes she actually likes hanging out with him. And that wasn't part of the plan. Amidst a whirl of snowy adventures, hot chocolate, and candlelight, Shira must learn to trust her heart to discover if the romance she planned is really the one that will make her the happiest. So there's our summary of the book. And what is Golden Doors? Golden Doors is this estate that Shear's family lives in and has lived in for hundreds of years, 200 years, over 100 years in Nantucket. The way that I pictured Golden Doors yeah. was sort of like a, a British estate almost, like what you'd, ex what you'd see in the countryside of England. To yeah, me. I was imagining like Downton Abbey or something like yes, that. Yes, exactly. It seemed like... Very estate-like, and I'm curious what you think, but definitely not something that, in my mind, is stereotypically Jewish. Nantucket... Uh, no, not at all. You know, Nantucket has a reputation of being waspy, which is touched on. Um, and I, and I, I did a little bit of research. We could talk more about, like, what the author was trying to get at here with this Jewish community in Nantucket or this Jewish family landing in Nantucket because it didn't feel really Jewish to me. But yeah, the Golden Doors is the name of their estate, which like Downton Abbey, it's like when you have an estate this big, you name your home, I guess. I guess. Um, and so Shira is going to spend winter break with her family at Golden Doors where she spends every winter break. There's a snow a snowstorm. Her family's not able to come. When she gets to the airport, she sees Tyler Nelson, her former crush of all crushes, you know, swoon-worthy guy. I like how much, they, how much the swooniness is dwelt on throughout the book. Also, it's constantly like, God, he was gorgeous. God, he's beautiful. <laughs> right? Like, God, those blue eyes. That's like every His other page. His corn silk hair. His corn silk hair. His the rose rose flushed cheeks. Like it really, really harps on his beauty. Yes. Yes. And by the way, I, I did read The Summer of Lost Letters after this book, her first book. It's oh. about it's also about the Barbanels in Nantucket. It's about the it's the same oh, wow. family. And Tyler's in that book too. And He's just as beautiful, and they're. But it's the summer of lost letters. Letters takes place in the summer, not the winter, in Nantucket. And so he's like sun-kissed skin, golden brown skin, like ah, sunny great. glow, like Lots he's of very. There. He's very tan and very beautiful. Um, Noted. So she, so Shira basically is snowed in. On uh, Tyler and her ends up sharing a car back home from the airport. He has no power. He has to stay with her the night at Golden Doors. And they kind of form this connection, even though two years prior, he really humiliated her when she confessed her, professed her love for him. He rejected her when she was a kid. Right. And, you know, she, she turned that love into hate and really, you know, started to hate him. Anyway, the, the love, you know, rekindles and he teaches her how to flirt what do you think of the whole thing? I, I mean, you know, I, I thought it was cute. I like, I genuinely, here's what I think. The whole like teach me to flirt, teach me to kiss thing is super cheesy, <laughs> but I get that it's, it's a book for teenagers. It's still yes. super cheesy. However, totally. 
I felt like their connection and the way that it was developed was actually sweet and genuine. Like, you, there was a really... Because the book is long. It's a long book. So their Very connection long. has time to, like, build up. And he, they are both sort of slowly revealing bits of themselves. And I believed the way that their banter sort of evolved from her being, like... Um, you know, reserved and sort of suspicious of him and, and, and feeling sort of hu- still humiliated, very fresh humiliation to them both kind of just genuinely like connecting and having fun with each other and then being like, whoa, what is this? Like, I, I, I believed that. Um, even though the whole teach me to flirt yeah, thing totally. is like just totally. ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous and probably unrealistic and only the, the stuff of YA books, really, but, but fun. How do you feel about the Jewish element of the book and the way Hanukkah is woven in? I kind of felt like we have another scene where there's an intimate menorah lighting scene at the beginning, that first oh, night yes. when they mm-hmm. that, when they light the menorah to, uh, together. They're alone in this giant mansion estate. The power is out. They're lighting the menorah. She's singing the blessings. Like I thought that was intimate. Totally. And... And then I'm just curious how you felt about just Hanukkah being woven in into this book in general. Well, I don't know. I mean, she, I guess I don't know anything about whether any portion of this is actually historically accurate. I sense that you may have some more knowledge than I do, but it felt very much like a waspy sort of trope with some Jew slapped on top of it. Like even her sort of the type of Jew she is, like she's very connected to her family and their like rich history that sort of happens to be Jewish, but there isn't, doesn't seem like she has so much Jewish knowledge. Like for example, the one, the the first night when they're like, um, she's explaining to him about lighting the candles and she's like, it symbolizes the, the, the menorah, the first menorah where the oil lasted for eight days. And they're like, why do you light? Then why? Do, and then he's like, well, why don't you light oil instead of candles? And she's like, I don't know. But like, meanwhile, many people do light oil. Like the yes. actual, you know, it, the the actual, you know, most stringent version of lighting the menorah is oil menorahs, and there's tons of them available. So it's like she would never know that though. The, the, this type of Jewish person wouldn't know that. But this, is this a type of Jewish person that really exists? That's what I'm asking, I guess. Like, okay. So, okay, I think a few things. I think that there, there is a kind of secular slash culturally connected Jewish person who lights the menorah every night, eats latkes. And by the way, even Jonah described his wife decorating their home in like a blue and white Christmas is kind of what he described, right? True. And we were like, what are, that's, he described that scene in this book where she gets out boxes of Hanukkah decorations right. and decorates the entire house in blue and white tinsel, blue and white wreaths, dreidels, Hanukkah banners, right? Like that is something that yeah, yeah, yeah. she describes in the Hanukkah book. Hanukkah tablescape. I, so, right. Yes, a Hanukkah tablescape that there's boxes of. So, <laughs> which to me does sound like something that 
families who decorate for Christmas might like take out their box and like put up their decorations. I have decorated totally. my friend's Christmas tree multiple years in a row. And um, yeah, it's like the same box that comes out every year with, and we unwrap all the ornaments. So it did kind of have that feel like you're right. I, but I do think that there is a type of secular Jewish person who's really who celebrates the holiday because she even acknowledges she's like this isn't even one of our biggest holidays like it just happens to be a, you know right. it just falls around christmas like she says that i think that probably hannah reynolds who wrote the book is that kind of a jewish person she mm-hmm. who, who the, the the different my question is could there be a family on nantucket who it is living in this kind of a way with this kind of wealth in this kind of waspy beach town right like such and a that, storied Jewish family, but it was like, we're, but but it's really just waspiness with like Jewish kind of slapped on top. That's what I'm saying. She doesn't really seem to have any deep understanding of Hanukkah, which is fine, except that like she's also living this like very like storied Jewish family waspy moneyed existence. Like I don't know, it doesn't it doesn't seem to all jive for me. But maybe I just I'm not sadly so it's old not aware money. of this. I, right. a lot- but more, more, is, more is clarified for sure in book one, ah. uh, which I don't think it's meant to be like book one, book two. But in the Summer of Lost Letters, there's a lot more about the Barbanels. They came from Morocco. And it makes sense to me because hmm. there's these scenes where she's cooking like a ten, tagine, tagine and right. there's like um, uh, the Yotam Odolengi book. You know, it's like they're cooking all these Middle Eastern <laughs> recipes. <laughs> um, That's and right. I, I wasn't, I didn't make that connection at the beginning. And then I started to do a little research and I guess that... Um, families from Portugal moved to Newport, New Bedford, and through this whaling community and connection to Nantucket, families ended up in Nantucket. There's no actual historical old money to Jewish family that has an estate in Nantucket. It was this, because mm. I, oh, by the way, I asked Hannah Reynolds about this directly and she wrote me a message. I'll read it to you. But oh, great. There is, a his, there is a history of Jews in the area. For example, and I knew this from a, a trip a really long time ago. Also, my brother lives there. The oldest synagogue in the whole country. Do you know where that is? Oh, yeah. In, in Rhode Island? Yes, in Newport, Rhode Island. And so this, there's like these connections between these families from Morocco and mm. Portugal who moved. I didn't realize that the, the that old, that original shul in Newport was a Sephardic synagogue. It was right. these were families from, but it, I guess it, it was sometime in the 1700s. Um, and I guess those families have a connection to New Bedford, a place I don't know, and uh, through the through these whale through whaling. Um, and so she kind of built a story around a family that could exist, but it doesn't. Here's what she said, because I was really confused about that and asked her about it. Um, she said, hi, Razel and Malia. That's so cool that you're reading Eight Nights of Flirting. Thank you so much. <laughs> I can't make a 10 p.m. book club, but I'm thrilled you're covering it. Blueheart. <laughs> she, she, did, she did not. She didn't say talk to my agent. Um, I appreciate nights, that. It, yeah, me too. Eight Nights isn't based on my family or any real Nantucket family, but I grew up going to the Cape, which is she means Cape Cod, so I wanted to mm. set the series in the area. I did do a lot of research to make the Barbanels a possibility. There was a Sephardic Jewish community in Providence in the 17 and 1800s, which was close to New Bedford, which was a whaling town with connections to Nantucket, so it's not impossible that people might have had business opportunities that moved them between the towns. 
The thing is, it kind of is impossible that <laughs> that a Jewish family with that kind of rich history, I don't mean rich, I mean, I mean, like rich history would settle in a place where there were zero other Jews. I can't see it happening. Right. Right. Because, like, who are they socializing with with all this, like, wealth and, and, like, you know, I don't know, high society sort of types? Like, who's their society? Like, it doesn't make sense. I don't know that, right, I don't know that high society types want to necessarily associate, like, high society non-Jewish types want to associate with the Barbanels. Exactly. Right. So... So I, I liked reading about them and I liked I liked their story and I also thought it was just generally fun. Like the house and the kids and the Hanukkah play that they wrote and all, I, I enjoyed all of their it's shit. It's so fun and I love like stories about like idyllic big families. This family was over the top idyllic, I felt like to the point of not being believable how everything just like that they did kind of seamlessly fell into place even though there's like we're all hustling and bustling and there's so many of us, but oh, look, we all catered from scratch, a Hanukkah party for hundreds of people. Yes. And like somehow we were all put into an assembly line and we're chopping and grating and oh, look, latkes are strewn throughout the home. I don't know. It just seemed like, come on, you're all catering that party and you're like sitting around with your feet up. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I know, it just seemed but this so... thing about... Yeah. Totally. It's just that, I want to see it on Netflix. Like I, I, it was so much fun. Like I totally agree. It was not very believable, but I want more. Like I actually want to see them. Like it was very enjoyable to me. And I like that they were Jews because I do think that representation is really important. And we see, you know, movies like this and characters like this, and they're rarely Jewish, but having this kind of teen romance and and this kind of family be a jewish family i mean i thought that was really i loved it i liked that the traditions i understand what you're saying like it it kind of seemed like they were wasps with with um i just wonder is it does it feel like is it is it meaningful representation if there's nothing so jewish about them beyond saying like okay they're jews i don't know i think it's it depends because what is it what's jewish they ate jewish foods like they sang jewish songs they did some jewish rituals right they right like they true so those are all jewish things like there's definitely no like i i did not grow up with and i didn't even know what halacha or jewish law was period like i didn't know wasn't a thing right right. like they have shabbat dinner they they even acknowledge that hanukkah is not their biggest holiday like there was stuff even though some of the jewish traditions might not be traditions that we do like breaking out a box and decorating the house for Hanukkah because that does feel, I think, more Christmassy than anything else. But I do, I actually think that there are a lot of Jews who care about the holiday and care about being together, but they don't, that's how they practice. Totally. Oh, no, I agree. I also I agree. really like, I like that no one said a word about Tyler not being Jewish. Like, they don't care. And I like that they didn't care. Like, I'm happy right. that the family was comfortable with Shira dating Tyler and or doing whatever she was doing with Tyler. Like they weren't like, having a sit down with her. Like, oh, Isaac's a much better option because he's Jewish and he this. Like, Ty- they it was cool. Like, I liked that the fa- there was no pressure. The whole book, if if the book was the whole book, if it was an Orthodox family, would have been about having a crush on the non-Jewish neighbor next door. 
But instead, it was actually not even an issue at all, which I also thought was good for representation. There's a ton of interfaith families. There's a ton of kids reading this who have families where one parent's Jewish and one parent isn't. So I do think there's people like that. Totally. I also really like the fact that, and this is so, you know, like I said, it's been a long time since I've the YA books of my adolescence in the 90s. Like, Tyler has two moms, and there's no... It's just funny because there's all this family drama and, and she, the one of the moms is estranged from her family. And I kept thinking some element of that is going to be about the fact that, that they're, you know, it's two women in a relationship, but that's not anything related to the... It's like, you know, Tyler's like, oh, like, I guess my grandparents, you know, always look down on my mom because she didn't go to college. <laughs> like, you know, right, it's like, right. that's the issue. Um which is cool. It's just, and it's great. It just shows, I don't know, how... The future is now. The future is now. And, and the issues are so different than they were, which is really great. And no, another I thing agree. about YA, this YA, and I, going back to something you were saying earlier about how you want to see the whole thing, I, I do feel like that was one of the enjoy. I realized one of the enjoyable things about YA is like, it like gives you this sort of indulgent way to like linger on on stuff. Like you know, she would describe like she did her makeup and she did like a pink lip or like she wore dangly <laughs> earrings and like a matching cashmere sweater and it just like I feel like adult books like they don't really indulge in that type of description, but like it's fun. I like to hear it about is. a pink lip. It is fun. Yeah. I really I really enjoyed it, which is why I immediately when I found out that the other book was about her cousin Noah and that girl Abby who's staying there. There's a yeah. girl Abby who's like in, you know, who's staying in the house for the winter break with Noah, his girlfriend. his girlfriend. The whole first book is about her. And I'm not going to say too much because I think in a few months when we're ready to revisit YA again, we can revisit that first book, The Summer of Lost Letters. I will say this. It is eons better than Eight Nights of Flirting. And I like oh, wow. Eight Nights of Flirting, but it is very good. Okay, I'm excited. It Great. is very good. Okay, that's a good um, review. Yeah, it was really good. I don't want to bore our listeners, but I do want to say that I did some research on the Jewish community in Nantucket on the N- Nantucket Historical Association already. Snooze, I'm sorry. But Thank you. there is a 53-page PDF about <laughs> the Jewish community because in 2019, they did an exhibit called Strangers to Neighbors, Jewish Life on Nantucket. So there is a lot of Jewish, there is a whole history of Jews in Nantucket. Hannah Reynolds definitely did do her research to make this family a possibility, though I don't think the family was necessarily a reality. Great. Thank you, Hannah and Nantucket <laughs> Historical Society. We appreciate 53, you. A 53-page PDF available. I could put it in the show notes if people are interested. I don't think we're going to get a I single think, click, but... I don't know about that, but, you know, I think referencing <laughs> it is enough. Let's not let's not go crazy. Sounds good. No, I thought this was... I really... I thought this was good. I, I, I bookmarked a few quotes, a few different things that were happening in the book that were Hanukkah-related, though I think that we covered most of them. The first thing I bookmarked was that cringe moment that, honestly, it brought me back. Molly, it brought me back. It brought back memories of my cringe moments in high school that I feel like I maybe have buried. Wow. She, she wrote in Seashells, Tyler Date Me. Um, 
I, I like that I she shortened her message because it was like <laughs> she realized it was too much of a endeavor to write a longer thing with Sea Glass. Yeah, Tyler Nelson, will you go on a date with me? She said, I quickly realized it would be way too too much effort. So that's why she's changed it to Tyler Date Me. But yeah, I had I hand wrote a letter once. Like, oh, I just so so waited out. I can't even describe it, but really <laughs> just cringe, cringe stuff. Truly, just nauseating. And I I had buried it until this book really brought it back, but. You know, the thing I was thinking about is that first night of Hanukkah is the first night that she is snowed in with Tyler and her parents are away and her parent, her mom calls and she's like, we're back at Aunt Liz's. We've got takeout since no one's expected to be here. We're about to light the menorah. Do you want to FaceTime? And she says, a deep ache opened in my stomach. Part of me wanted to see her, see the whole family. On the first night of Hanukkah, we always sing Sivy Vone and the dreidel song and light one candle. It hurt the idea they might sing without me. But if I watched everyone from a distance, I'd feel even worse when I hung up. No thanks, I need to start decorating anyway. Like, Hanukkah's a big deal to them. Did you notice, Malia, in the audiobook? Because I know both of us read and listened at the same time. Did you notice in the audiobook that they pronounced it Hanukkah? I did, and I liked that. It felt familiar. Hamish. Yeah, very. It was very. It was obviously intentional. Yeah, yeah. And then she says to. It was well read. I, she I, says to Tyler, some narrators it's the first night of Hanukkah. Me and I, it kind of ruins the experience. But this one I, I liked. I found it enjoyable. I agree. I liked. Um, I liked the narrator a lot. Um, she says she tells she tells Tyler it's the first night of Hanukkah, and. Um, he says, happy Hanukkah, thanks. So we have to do a couple of things. He goes, light the menorah. He knew a lot. He said, light the menorah. She said, no, decorate the house. And that's when they start doing the whole thing. And she says, again, to me thinking that there are other families like this, at home our menorah lived on a bookshelf in the living room year round. Menorah on the bookcase, Elijah's cup in the cupboard, Shabbat candle holders on the sideboard. It's like, you know, they have Judaica stored in their house. It's something important to them. They have the ritual. They have the objects for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should yeah. we rate this yeah. book? Should we rate let's, it? Let's rate it. So what are we rating? Is it, are we still rating? It feels weird to rate a YA novel in it like hotness or like, are we just rating quality of reading? <laughs> what are we, what is this a scale of okay. here? Right. Do we recommend people, our reader, our listeners to read the book? Maybe. It's like, there is a connection and it's a, it's a little bit. Listen, it's steamier than K.K. Hendon's From Books. There were some good steamy scenes toward the end. I mean, I was into it. <laughs> Is that weird to it say? Because it's about 16-year-olds a little. But, uh, you know, I said I it. All right. okay. I'm, I'm not taking it back. I, I think it's okay. He was he was a hottie. He was a hottie he was, and they had a nice God, connection. God, he was beautiful. They burned God. for each other. They really did. <laughs> All right. So we'll, we're rating it, I guess, you know, whatever. Our candle system. I don't know what we're rating. Their connection. Uh, you know, I think if you want a YA palette cleanser with a nice, like, cute Jewish historic twist, I, I, I mean, it satisfied all that. I give it a, I give it five candles. Five candles. I'm going to give it six. I liked the book a lot. And I also, I think I decided a few things. I think Hanukkah sexy. I think eight nights of Hanukkah lends itself to a budding relationship there's Absolutely. eight nights a lot can so happen. much can happen yeah. a lot could happen in eight and a lot nights did. like yes and a, and a lot so okay so i like that and i also decided even though this is something everyone knows that's why so many things are set there like beach towns are sexy even in the winter right so it's like that was all oh, really even more so totally 
so and blackouts blackouts are sexy there was a lot here plus we didn't get into this whole history there was like a whole thing with you know listeners read the book there's it's a rich. lot i mean there's share. there's many layers here absolutely and if any of our listeners are screenwriters or showrunners or producers or anyone in the industry this book would make an awesome series it would be really, really good, especially if paired with The Summer of Lost Letters, which I really recommend, that we will dive into, you know, in a few months. Before we wrap up tonight, should we tell everyone what our plan is for Hanukkah Erotica for the next year until next Hanukkah? Absolutely. Let's share. Oh. Let's un- okay, unveil. Great. Okay. So Hanukkah's over. We had a great time mm-hmm. unpacking this new genre to us, Hanukkah books, Hanukkah movies, a blast. We loved it. But also in Fabulous. discovering the Hanukkah, the Hanukkah erotica genre, we also discovered that there is a lot of Jewish romance in general. So in the next several months... Got a lot months, of recommendations. Oh, yeah. A lot of recommendations. So what we're... And we, we can't... We really can't wait. So what we're going to do is we're going to read two Jewish romance books a month. Mm-hmm. and we're gonna release a we're gonna release every other week and so between now and Hanukkah you'll get to read two Jewish romance books a month with us we can't wait to read them laugh about them unpack them together we've been having a great time and there's really good next, options a lot of good options and then next Hanukkah we'll gear up again to do more Hanukkah erotica movies books um and that's what we're going to do in the meanwhile. Jewish romance and then Hanukkah erotica for eight nights. And next year it comes a little bit early, which is great because we're going to start feeling festive early December, not towards the end of the year. Before we wrap up, should I read? It's looking good. Yeah, I know. It really is. I can't wait. This has been so much fun for us. Uh, before we wrap up, Mal, can I tell our listeners what books we're reading for January and read the descriptions so friends in our book club can get our books and read along? Great idea. Okay, great. Okay. The first book that we're reading is called Schmutz, a novel by Felicia Berliner. And here's what it says. Here's the description, the summary on Schmutz. In this witty, provocative, and unputdownable debut novel, a young Hasidic woman on a quest to get married fears she will never find a groom because of her secret addiction to porn. Like the other women in her Brooklyn Hasidic community, Razel expects to find a husband through an arranged marriage. Unlike the other women, Razel has a secret. With a hidden computer to help her complete her college degree, she falls down the slippery slope of online pornography. As Razel dives deeper into the world of porn at night, her daytime life begins to unravel. Between combative visits with her shrink to complicated arranged dates, Razel must balance her growing understanding of her sexuality with the more conventional expectations of the family she loves. A singular, stirring, and compulsively readable debut novel, Schmutz explores what it means to be a fully realized sexual and spiritual being caught between the traditional and modern worlds. Wow. Wow. Holy moly. Wow. I'm already kind of cringing thinking about what, how the porn is going to be described. I don't know. This might not be an audiobook for me, but I'm excited <laughs> about it nonetheless. I'm excited too. I don't know that this is actually a Jewish romance or just a... A, a spicy Jewish novel, but we'll see. Either way, we're reading it in January. We're looking forward. Right. Okay, the next one is called Hot Rabbi by Aviva Blakeman. Yes. Parentheses, small town Campbell book one, Hot Rabbi. For 15 Spot. years... <laughs> 
For 15 years, Shoshana Goldman has avoided her childhood synagogue. Her successful custom furniture store keeps her busy enough, and the synagogue brings bad memories, not peace. It will take nothing short of a minor miracle to change her mind. Intrigued by her friend's convictions that the new hot rabbi is that minor miracle, Shoshana agrees to attend a service. It's only one service, right? But meeting the new rabbi changes everything. David Friedman is settling into his new town and his new job easily. As a single dad and a rabbi, his priorities are his daughter and his congregation. He doesn't have time for romance, especially with the se when the sexy, pink-haired Shoshana, whose tendency to say whatever she's thinking, is a breath of fresh air. But a congregant is a bad idea. So it's a very good thing Shoshana isn't a member. As David and Shoshana grow closer, Shoshana's troubled past threatens to destroy their happiness. Will David be the miracle she needs to live fully in the present? Content warning. Discussions of grief over loss of a parent. Wow. Wowie zowie. Okay. That's so that's what we're reading. Pink haired sexy. I mean, wow. Okay. It's got a I bit know. of everything. And you, I won't, you won't even believe what the next book in that series is called. After Hot Rabbi comes... What? Hot... Guess, guess. Hot what? It's not Jewish. It's so random. Hot... I don't know. But, it's uh, Hot Lumberjack. Hot Lumberjack is the next After book. Hot Rabbi comes Hot Lumberjack? <laughs> Stop. I, you can't make this stuff up. I, it's, out, it's like straight out of an SNL sketch. It's true. It's hot rabbi and then it's hot both, lumberjack. I don't know. They're both bearded often. There's a theme. I don't know. I don't know, so, but I like okay. it. That's all I know. I, listen, so that's what's I'm willing that's to go what's with happening. it. Okay. So that's what's happening in January. Um, catch up on episodes one through three. Thank you for joining us this Hanukkah. Happy New Year to all of our listeners. Happy New Year to you, yes. Mal. And I can't wait to New Year. talk about schmutz and um, hot rabbi in the new year with you. Fabulous. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye.